Aloha. Welcome to the Live Ukulele Podcast. My name is Brad Bordessa. Thank you for tuning in today. This episode is a little bit last minute here. I'm scrambling on Thursday to get things together for this upcoming Saturday. Been working on a lot of projects, which is all it's all good things. It's just I'm short of podcast. But in this episode, I want to talk maybe briefly, maybe not so briefly, about strumming and the basic principle behind it because I have started working on a new ebook. It's going to be called Groove Ukulele and it's going to be about strumming. I went from kind of no plan a couple of weeks ago to I talked to James Hill on the Utropolis podcast or for the podcast. I'm not sure when it'll be out exactly. And he was asking what I'm up to next and I was kind of thinking about it and I've wanted to do something that would kind of complement the right hand technique ebook that I did a while back. And for a long time I've been kind of bothered by the way that people tend to think about strumming. They tend to overanalyze it, overthink it and look in a lot of the wrong places for the answer to strumming. And so I thought that an an ebook about the subject, something that really dives in talks about the the details of it and kind of demystifies the whole thing would probably be pretty useful. So this new ebook is called Groove Ukulele. We're going to talk about how if you keep your hand moving with the timing, you can't really play a wrong strum and how the huge majority of strum patterns that you hear, especially with like straightforward pop or contemporary like Hawaiian songs or any kind of ukulele instrumentals, that kind of a thing, usually It's a strum pattern that fits in this framework. And so I'll talk a little bit about that in this episode. But in the meantime, there is this ebook coming down the pipes. If you want to know more about it, please subscribe to my newsletter list. You can check that out if you go to liveukulele.com slash sign up. Put your email in there and I will keep you posted on the progress of the ebook and also kind of give you some backdoor access to some lessons. I'm going to try and release a few lessons to share some of the concepts of the ebook, build some anticipation for its release and and share those for free out in front of the release of the ebook. So please go sign up to my newsletter to get those updates and keep an eye out for it. I'm really looking I'm really happy with how it's coming together. It's just like kind of early I'm figuring out what sections are going where but it's even for me putting it all down it seems like it's going to be very useful and it's also helpful for me as the teacher to like okay so this leads into this and then this and just kind of organizing my brain that's a lot of times how I approach teaching is I kind of organize it in the ebook and as I move along and do more teaching myself I kind of come to grasp with the way that these things are best presented so that's that if you are not already please subscribe to the podcast leave a review etc etc and if you like what you hear today and want to support my work please go over to liveukulele.com store and check out some of the other ebooks and lessons that i provide there it's all top-notch stuff that i create to be as incredibly helpful as possible that's why i do this is to create better teaching material, share that out in the world, and to really add to the discussions that happen around ukulele 
and ukulele education, just in the way that I kind of approach things. Because not all of us teach things in the same way. And so my vein is what you hear here on the podcast and see in all of my lessons and things like that. And I think that it is really kind of an interesting angle. But anyways, let's talk about strumming. The number one question that I get asked about playing ukulele, playing ukulele rhythmically, is what is the strum pattern for XYZ song? And I sent out a questionnaire the other day asking folks to please share their top two questions about ukulele strumming so that I would have kind of an idea what to include in the book, what was really kind of a priority, what I shouldn't miss, make sure that I'm covering all of my bases, that kind of a thing. And wouldn't you know that by far, you know, out of all the all the answers, like a huge majority, one of the question was, how do I figure out the strumming pattern to XYZ song? And so that's a really interesting thing to talk about because you have this question and then almost always the answer to me is unsatisfactory because people learn the strum pattern to a song and it's a one and done type of thing. You learn the strum pattern, it's great, maybe it sounds kind of like the song, but that's it. You don't get to use it again. It doesn't build your understanding of strumming and it really doesn't provide a framework for improving your strumming and being able to help yourself in the future, right? I'm all about don't give the person a fish, teach them to fish because then they can help themselves. They can learn these things independently of an ukulele teacher or somebody on the internet telling them, oh yeah, the strum pattern is down, up, down, down, up, 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 X, down, up, down, up. That is not helpful in my opinion. Okay, so basically what I'm what I'm writing about in the book and what I'm sharing is that there is a a grid, a timing grid, one and two and three and four and. And the trick is, is if you link your strumming hand up with that grid, that anything you play, as long as you're counting one and two and three and four and, along with the rhythm of the song, anything that you strum is going to be in time. That's what a lot of people seem to not understand about rhythm and strumming, is that if you play in time, there's not really a wrong strumming pattern. The only thing that can be wrong is your the way that you are capturing the emphasis of the rhythm. Because certain songs push and pull in certain different ways, what you're doing by strumming is really just highlighting certain parts of the beat, certain parts of the bar. You're emphasizing those beats or off beats. And so by linking your strumming hand to a down-up pattern that always consistently works across a bar of eighth notes, basically you're playing down on the number count and up on the and. One and two and three and four and down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. That's the pattern. And if you stick with that, you really can't blow it. It's, it's a beautiful thing. The problem that I notice is when people try and learn a strumming pattern, nine times out of 10, the strumming pattern is based on that hand movement. But as soon as somebody gets hold of the strumming pattern, they try and 
robot out the movements. Like, oh, down, down, up, up, down. Famous strum. It's used everywhere. As I've been going through trying to find examples for the ebook, it just keeps coming up. It's like, oh, that's down, down, up, up, down. That's a variation of down, down, up, up, down. It's everywhere. It's important. But if you try and play it down, down, up, up, down, and force your hand to go in those directions, it's not going to sound very good. I, I did that when I first learned down, down, up, up, down. It sounded terrible, and I couldn't figure it out. It, I knew it sounded terrible, but I didn't know why. And the reason why is because my hand was not lined up with the timing of the song. If you keep your hand moving as you play down, down, up, up, down, just like you were playing a down, up strum, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, and everywhere, the, the strum pattern basically tells you where you're playing, but also where you're not playing. So if you, if you insist on keeping your hand moving, which is what I suggest, you keep your hand moving down, up, down, up, down, up. If you start looking at that strum pattern, you have, okay, down, down, that means... I've got my one on the down, down, and there's an imaginary up. My hand needs to make that upwards motion no matter what. So all I'm doing is I'm moving my hand upwards. I'm just missing the strings. So my hand goes a little bit further away from my ukulele, and I miss the strings on the way up to get my second down. Okay, so down, down, and then just from the way the rest of it's laid out, you can kind of deduce where these pieces are going to go. So we have down, down. You're skipping an up, then down again, and then our first up, right? And then it's up, up. So at some point in there, we have to skip a down. So we're skipping a down. We're we're skipping a down to get back to the bottom, and then we have our second up, right? So it's it's kind of hard to explain like this, but if you just play it and you count it, you'll notice that. These two things line up and your hand continues moving down and up the whole time, the whole entire time. So if my count is like one and two and three and four and 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 one, two and three and four and that's the strum, down, down, up, up, down, but I'm also keeping it on the rhythm. And my hand, even though you can't see it on the podcast, the hand is moving the whole entire time, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. So that is the entire premise of the ebook I'm working on. And so far, I have at least 40 pages of things to say about it. It seems like it would be a simple topic, but the more I get into it, the more I realize, oh, there's there's this and there's this and there's this. There's all these different angles and different ways to understand it and different exercises that you'll need to do in order to get comfortable with that method and that idea of keeping your hand moving. Because everything in you is going to want, I mean, unless you're one of those few people who just get it, which, you know, maybe every one in 20 people just kind of do it automatically and they just intuitively operate in that way. But otherwise, you know, you have to sit and think about it and practice and and play through those strums. Okay? So here's an exercise that I recommend. If you want to get better at strumming, 
you need to get better at placing emphasis. The strumming pattern should be easy. There's only one strumming pattern, and it's down, up, down, up, down, up. You already know it. And this is, this is the trick. This is where people get confused. It's like, oh, no, there's, there's a strumming pattern for that song I want to learn. Like, yeah, but it's, your hand is moving the same way the whole time. That's, that's the whole premise here. But, but if you want to be able to play a variation on the strum with different emphasis, which is what you're doing basically when you're playing a, quote, strumming pattern, is you're changing where the emphasis is because you're dropping beats out of the strum. If you're always playing down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, nothing is emphasized. And emphasis is all about having a difference between two things, right? There's no emphasis if, if you... If you have a paragraph of words and they're all just as you write them in a text document, there's nothing that's emphasized. But as soon as you highlight a word and you press the bold button and you turn it to bold, then it's emphasized because the lines are darker, that word takes up a little bit more space, it's bigger, and so that word becomes emphasized. But if it's all, if the words on the page all look the same, there's no emphasis, right? So if you're playing the basic strum, down, up, down, up, there's no emphasis. However, when you take away a strum, not a hand movement, but you're taking away the actual striking of the strings and you're just passing by, then you're creating emphasis so that the stuff that you do play stands out a little bit more because there's a spot where you don't play or where you play softer. That is what creates the typical strumming patterns that folks want to learn. Is It's just... It's a rhythmic pattern of whatever whatever pattern the music is following, you're trying to capture that in the strum. So the way that I recommend people get used to this idea is to put your hand going, one and two and three and four and down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. And then you practice playing one strum per bar and you rotate where that strum happens. So when you start, your first strum is going to be on the one. But then you don't play the rest of the bar. However, your hand keeps moving because that is the underlying strum pattern. Your hand keeps moving. So if I'm counting one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and one, two, three, four... The whole time, the whole time my hand is moving. And then the next step to make it, you know, the next bit of difficulty would be to move the strum. And so the common, the easy place to do this is you just offset it by an eighth note. So now you're going to be playing on one and. One, two, three, four. One and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and. My hand got carried away there on the middle one. I played an extra strum. But the idea is that if you're always playing with the grid and you're playing that hand pattern on top of the timing, every one and you're ever going to play is with an upstrum because that's where the upstrum goes. That's where it goes. And and by having the downstrums and the upstrums in specific places, you're going to naturally accent the downbeat. The downbeat is the strong beat in the music, right? 
go one and two and three and four and music doesn't feel so much like that. It's more like one and two and three and four. It's that that pump on the downbeat on the count. And when your hand drops with gravity, you have a little bit of extra assistance to strike the strings a little bit harder. And when you come up, you have to work for it. So you tend to play a little bit softer. So there's kind of a natural cadence. And a lot of times when folks play a strum that sounds bad, it's not because their rhythm is in the wrong spot. It's because they've reversed the emphasis. Like all the time you see it, somebody gets off by an eighth note and all of a sudden they're playing down strums on the offbeat. So every time you have a count, you're playing up, and every time you have an and, you have a down strum. And so you're completely opposite what our bodies and our ears are used to feeling in the rhythm of the music. We're used to one and two and three and four and. But instead, when you're strumming, you've moved from that to one and two and three and four and. And when you shift between those two within the same song, which happens all the time, people play, they play down on the count, then they play up on the count, and then they play down on the count, and they shift back and forth between those, kind of those two different modes, and the movement between them is unsettling as a listener. So if you play the game of changing the emphasis all the way through the bar, you know, we just played one and, next up you would count through it, And you'd play, you'd just strum on the two beat, but keep your hand moving with the count. And then the two and, and then three, and then three and, and then four, and then four and. And you have eight different slots where a strum could possibly go. And by practicing that, you're getting used to those emphasis spaces where you, you basically the rhythmic options that you have for the strum. And after that, you can start creating more practice for yourself by picking two spots in the bar. And actually, I just bought a set of eight-sided dice so that I can do this randomly and just roll a hand of dice and play an example strum. I think the dice are going to be fun for when I go to Maui in June and teach at Uncle George's workshop. We'll certainly do some of this strumming stuff, and I'll take the dice, and we'll, we'll use the dice to create random strumming patterns. Basically, the idea is that you have one side of the dice for every strumming slot possibility. So instead of the count being one and two and three and four and, you you line it up so those same slots become one through eight. So the odd numbers on the dice correspond to one, two, three, four, and the even numbers on the dice correspond to the off beats, the and beats. So if you were to just roll these dice, you could come up with different strumming patterns where you have maybe maybe you have two strums in the bar or maybe you have three strums in the bar, four strums in the bar, five strums in the bar. That is how you make a strumming pattern. The key, and I can't seem to say this enough, the key is that your hand keeps moving. I was talking to James Hill the other day for the for his podcast, and, and he was saying, yeah, I, I didn't even prompt him for it. He was just like, yeah, there's only one strumming pattern. Like, yeah, there is. There's only one strumming pattern. But everybody seems to make it more difficult than it needs to be by thinking, wow, I want to learn the strumming pattern for this song. 
and the strumming pattern for that song. And I think that's the wrong way to think about it. You already know the strumming pattern. You just need to figure out where you're going to emphasize. Because at the end of the day, if you're playing with a song, you can play eighth notes. There's nothing wrong with playing eighth notes as long as you're on time. Down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. That musically works. It's not very sophisticated, but it works. And a lot of times it seems like people think that that doesn't work somehow. And as long as you're on time, yes, it does. It might not be appropriate for the song. It might not fit the rest of the parts. It might be too busy. It might be, you know, overbearing on the feeling of the song. Like if you're playing a sad, slow ballad, playing eighth notes all at the same volume, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, it's probably not going to match the feel so much. But musically, it's not wrong. Musically, it's intact, and rhythm-wise, it is complete. So all you're going to do is just take pieces of that away until you have an emphasis pattern that lands where you want it. So it's an interesting thing to think about, and I think that that right there is, it's a lot to think about and a lot to process, and certainly there's a lot to practice if you were to get on random.org or just think of numbers yourself or find yourself some eight-sided dice. You can create those strumming patterns and practice starting to put your hand on that grid. So yeah, that's a little bit of an overview of what I'm processing through myself and going to be presenting in this new ebook. Once again, if you're interested in staying up to date on the progress of that and learning when it comes out, please sign up for my newsletter, liveukulele.com slash sign up, no hyphen. And yeah, I'll jump into your inbox a couple times a month up until the launch. And then when the launch happens, I'll be sending out all kinds of free lessons and updates and more information on how to get hold of your own copy. In the meantime, please go check out liveukulele.com. There are lots of free lessons over there along with my premium offerings, which are a great way to support my work here on the podcast and elsewhere. Please subscribe to the podcast and I will catch you in the next episode. I know this one's a little shorter than my normal offerings. But I think that's really a lot to be said on that topic already. Just get out your ukulele, count, move your hands, down, up, down, up, and say it with me. There's only one strumming pattern. There's only one strumming pattern. Yeah. That's what I'm going to have my students write on the chalkboard next time they're naughty. There's only one strumming pattern. (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll catch you next time. Ah, hooey hope. hope.